This is the Plug Podcast, music and more. I am Bushy, uh, Metal Mike not here again. I think I'm just going to call this Bass Players Are Funny anytime I have this cat on. With me again, Jason Harris. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, glad to have you back on. Uh, you're kind of like a little whore now. I let you do it once, and he's like getting a hold of me all the time. Hey, hey, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Yeah, yes, yes. I've fucking had so much fun the last time. And we were, like I said, we were just, you know, freebasing, going off the top of our heads, memories and shit. But tonight I actually have things musically I want to talk to you about. Because That's outstanding because I don't have shit written down for this. Good. Perfect. That's the best way to do it. And, And the reason that I love having these types of conversations with you is because you are my most favorite person to talk to, debate, and argue about music with. Nice. I don't know. I don't know if I should feel honored or like this is fucked up. Especially the last part. <laughs> yeah, right. So first off, I'll bring it up now. Um, I don't know if you've heard it, but did you hear the whole thing about the the last Kevin DeBro Quiet Riot song that was recorded? I have. I haven't heard it yet, but I. Really want to check it out. It's so funny because I was sitting here actually doing homework to talk to you on this podcast. And right when I was looking for something else, this popped up. For the brief 
part of it that I've listened to, it's it's pretty good. It's more of a ballady type of thing. Nice. But, uh, but Kevin sounds fucking great. He always did. I mean, shit. We saw him in 98. The Seven. original. The original. It was 98. Um, I've got I've got it's 98. I've got the fucking t-shirt still. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It was the Rock Never Stops Tour. It may have been 98. It was 98. Rock Never Stops Tour with Firehouse, Slaughter, Warrant, Quiet Riot. Warrant stole the show. Yeah, fucking right. They <laughs> fucking right. Well, no, I don't know. They're probably the greatest set of tits I've ever seen that I haven't been able to touch or put my mouth on. No, shit. I mean, even Janie Lane was like, I saw tits. And he just stopped. <laughs> He had, to, he had to stop his show, apologize to the crowd. J.D. Lane looks at this chick, and, and they were fucking magnificent. Easily between a C and a D, and up there where God meant him to be, not down in her lap or in her belly. Young girl with great brunette hair. I mean, this girl was gorgeous. And uh, he, he said to stop the show, and he's like, look, I just have to tell you, girl, those are amazing. And then he apologizes to the crowd, says, look, we're not the most professional band in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. By the way, at that show, Kevin DeBro was a total dick because a chick was still out there with those things out. And he comes up and pointed to him, talking about how those are going to screw up your whole life. Now, I'm not saying he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you are 100% right. But when you have something that magnificent, all natural, that you've only seen in porn... <laughs> I mean, no shit. They, and they were natural. You could tell. Oh, yeah. Those were the things that her mama gave her. <laughs> Good okay, Lord. And you know what else I got to say about this show? I want to see if you remember. Do you remember that we, like, while we were there, we met up with Scott Jones and John Gushlaw from Network. From Network. That we talked about last show. And Brian Flagg, who was their friend that was the original, original drummer of Mystical Ride. Anyway. Before Rich. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yes, he was the little goofy guy with the glasses, looked like a nerd, but anyway, he played drums good. Could have been rich, for all I know. He handed, he handed a joint up to Janie Lane, and Janie put it on the stool and was like trying to give it to the roadie, and it was like, ah, no, 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 I know what's going to happen to that. So he yeah. put it on the stool that he eventually did the whole tit segment with. And do you also remember that when Slaughter, I, I can't remember, it was, okay, Firehouse was first. Yeah, because they had a little uh, technical difficulty at the very beginning, because CJ comes, is it CJ is his name? He come he's, out, and he's belting out a fucking note. But you couldn't hear anything. They had to turn the damn mic up. But my point is, and I, like I said, I cannot remember if this was, I'm pretty sure this was, Okay, it was either when Slaughter had just set up or it was right when Slaughter's stuff was getting taken down. Anyway, it was Slaughter's fucking gear, the monitors on stage. And Scott Jones grabbed the monitor, pulled it over to him, and signed it Network, network was, Yeah, or Network was here, something like that. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> that was fucking great. That was fucking great. Okay, so the next that was, thing... That's the best $20 show I've ever been to. Oh, fuck, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. That was insane. The uh, fucking Firehouse's bass player was so tripping on acid, he just stared at the sky the whole fucking time they're playing. I wonder if he really was. You know he's with Striper now, right? I'm sorry. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Go listen to those last five Striper albums. Listen to Sunbomb with uh, Tracy Guns. Listen to Sweet and Lynch. Dude, Michael Sweet. Tracy Guns played in Striper? No, he's a, he's in a band. Uh, Michael Sweet, the singer, guitar player for Striper. Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, 
No, he's great. I met him, got to interview him. The American Bruce Dickinson. Huh? He's the American Bruce Dickinson. Well, Bruce Dickinson's American. What are you talking about? Oh, Dickinson. I was thinking Kulik. <laughs> anyway. <Not> you. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Tracy Guns and Michael Sweet teamed up and put out an album called Sunbomb. Dude, it's heavy. Sunbomb. Hey, they, that, I mean, that probably accurately describes it. <laughs> Go listen to it, douchebag. <laughs> I told you, get ready. It's going to be a long night, motherfucker. I've, I've been into it's it. Striper's last five albums, it's not the glammy stuff they were doing back in the day. Admittedly, it's still faith music, but he's not singing God and this and that. All he, How did he put it to us? He, he bought a thesaurus. I know that's a big word for you up there in northern New York. That's a book that tells you different ways to say things. <laughs> I couldn't even take my shot. I had to put it down. Like, what the fuck? I, no, I deserve that. I deserve that. I mean, you're now, the talk- last five records, dude, have been really good. Um, they had one song. Obviously, it's a faith-based song. Take it yeah, to the cross. But it sounds thrashy, almost death metally. I mean, they're they're at a different level now. You're just telling me that a, a, a Christian band sounded death metally. I mean, like, do you not hear yep. yourself talking? Well, there's all kinds of Christian music out there. There's Christian death metal. That'll mess your mind up. Let me tell you what. <laughs> it just did, and I don't have to hear it. Okay. That's that's that scare your ass into going to church. <laughs> <laughs> God, fucking kill you. Anyway, but no, I have not heard the new Quiet Riot song. I'll, I'll try to incorporate it into the edit here. Um, <clears throat> I'm a big Quiet Riot fan. Uh, I like the stuff without Kevin Dubrow. Um, here's here's a here's a here's a question for you. Um, what do you think of the stuff they they did with the dude that uh, what did he win American Idol or whatever? I can't think of his name. Not a fan. Me neither. Okay, thank but you. That, but that was a quiet ride. That was Frankie Benali and Friends. Yes. They, and now it's just Rudy Sarzo and Friends. I mean, is it cool that people can... Rudy's, Rudy's back in the band? Yeah, Rudy's there now. Carlos is still not there. And the other two are dead. Yeah. I mean, I mean, rest in peace. I mean, I love them. Two of my uh, favorite. Yeah, Benali. Yeah, Benali's on that track, too, that new Quiet Riot track. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. That's why I was. That's why I was like really interested in it and didn't know. I literally just came across it right before talking to you. Yeah, it's uh, that news dropped a couple days ago. Yeah, I'll have to give it a good listen after we're done. Well, you know me, I like power ballads, so I don't care if it's I, bad. I do, I do too. I fucking do too. I mean, shit, we could get off on a tangent on that. But anyway, I want to talk to you about another song. Hold on, I gotta fucking roll a cigarette because I'm cheap and can't afford to fucking. Not in buy New York. Drink. No shit, dude. But okay. In New York, the only way to smoke a name brand cigarette is to suck dick first. <laughs> 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 there's actually. There's actually a uh, store. There's actually a smoke shop that we can go to. They sell like uh, bowls, bongs, you know, that kind of, it's like a head shop. Yeah. And you can buy packs of Seneca cigarettes and they're only five bucks a pack. So that's good. But I don't even have fucking five bucks right now because it's got to be cash. I've got money on my account. I could use my debit card, but they won't let you. Right. I'm not going to use their ATM machine that charges five bucks to fucking read, you know, yeah. fuck that. 
Lucky Strikes are five bucks a pack down here. Uh, okay, and you're going to pick on New York. I don't think they even sell Lucky Strikes up here. Well, my Newport Red 100s, I can get four packs for $22. But I've got a... That's a drive. You can't go to like Valero and get that price for like seven bucks a pack. But if you... There's a... It's weird, dude. Down here, Walmart has a gas station attached to it called Murphy's. Yep. If you go to Murphy's, smokes are so much cheaper there. Dude, for okay, if you were to go to buy a carton of cigarettes, like say even the USA Gold cigarettes up here, you're gonna spend 120 bucks. However, fuck your face, you are. 60 no, bucks for Newport. Saying if you're gonna go buy them, you're gonna spend that much. But I know a guy, <coughs> a couple guys, <laughs> and uh, are you setting them up to the reservation? Well, I don't know where they actually get them because they come like, um, you know, box packs like this, Seneca's. Yeah. And you can get a carton of them for $31. Go to the reservation. That's what they're doing. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. Gotta be. <laughs> it's been so bad up there when I lived up there, dude, that I got the bag cartons. Oh, yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like 15, 20 bucks. No, well, 20 bucks is because I got to drive three hours to get the sons of bitches. Oh, so no. these guys that make these trips are making a mint because they charge everybody five bucks over what the thing is. You know what I'm saying? It's a good deal for you because it's like, okay, I just spent $35 for a box carton or if I got a bag of smokes, you know, I spent 20 bucks instead of the 15 or whatever they are. But they've got, they're picking up for like 20 fucking people at $5 a pop. They're, they're doing okay. <laughs> you know where Stu, uh, Stu Salisbury lives, right? No, because he doesn't live where he lived when I lived there. He was, he was still right. with that blonde headed deaf chick. Okay, I don't know anything about that. But you know the Drax subs three on the corner of State Street and High Street? Yeah. Three okay. Right that next to where we or right down the road from where we used to live. Anyway, there was there's a dead end road right there on that on high off high street called yeah, Camp. I think Ash. it's called eighty one north to Watertown. <laughs> okay. So anybody that's listening that actually listens to this shit between you and I. I don't mean your podcast. I just mean the shit between you and I. Last time we talked about when we lived on Winslow Street and we tripping acid and all that shit. Yeah. Down to the corner store. Okay? Hmm. Right across the street from that is Drex Subs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right behind that is where Stu lives. And there's a, a dead-end street there called Camp Ave. And that's where you could buy the bag cigarettes for fucking like 18 bucks for a fucking carton of cigarettes. Nice. And then I work in a cemetery, you know. The old lady that was um, running that store, <coughs> I uh, buried her a few months ago. So that store is closed. <laughs> well, what a happy story <laughs> this is. <laughs> All right. All right, my second musical topic that I've been dying to talk to you about. The new Metallica song. Have you heard it? Of course. What do you think of it? It's a banger. It's an absolute banger. It's um almost thrashy. Uh, I started seeing people online talking about Lars' kick drum, and I'm like, okay, first of all, look, I got you with St. Anger and the snare. I understand. But you're out of your fucking mind here because, first of I, all, you, James sounds amazing vocally. Uh, the riff, I think, it's, I mean, it's kind of weak, but it's 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 heavy. It's driving. Uh, 
riff is great. The riff is great. But, the riff is great. Dude, the drums, Lars. Uh, me, me and, and Metal Mike actually talked about this last week. Yeah, Lars is the standout on that track. I was just about to say to you, how is it that the weakest member of that band is the, the standout fucking greatest part of that song? Like, I mean, Kurt's solo is fucking great. Yeah. I love Rick. And so weak, Robert Trujillo, you can't beat him. Oh, my fucking God. I deserve all this. Karma's a bitch. I get it. <laughs> no, no uh, Lars, Lars is fucking unreal. Not since Injustice has he played that good. And he never will again. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying this to hold the, back too this, much criticism. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm so sorry to cut you off. But I'm going to say this. This is the best Metallica track they've recorded since the Black Album. And I know you don't even like the Black Album that much. No, I, Black I, Album- would, I would agree with that. Um, I, I know that uh, Hardwired has some good moments. But people yep. acting like it was just this phenomenal album, I think, is being a little too generous. Um, the first yep. two sides, I guess you call it, because it was a double LP, are decent. The second, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not a it's not a great album. It's not as it's not a great album. No, no, I'm I'm one of those weird motherfuckers that even likes Load. Okay, sorry. I know. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> Actually. As I've gotten older, I, I've got a bigger appreciation for Load and Reload. Um, I understand why diehard Metallica fans hate it. I really do. You, I, you go from the trifecta or even throw Injustice for All in there into you know the Black Album, Load, Reload. I, I get it. I get I it. I mean, the Black, let's, let's be honest. The Black Album was Bob Rock, and that was <coughs> putting them like... In the, in the mainstream, like, you know, just trying to get them out there, like, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say right now, but that was just radio-friendly, I guess, is what I can say. Well, that's like time, my uh, co-host, Metal Mike. I'd love to have y'all with Metal Mike's on. Um, but he uh, he refuses to call that the Jason Newstead era. He said, that's the Bob Rock era. There's everything just fucking wrong with Metallica. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. That... Bob Rock is exactly why that those three albums. That's that's Bob Rock, right? Like, and at the, at, I mean, they were fucking hugely successful. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Look, look at what it did for them. I mean, no. and let's be honest. I mean, I'm a diehard Metallica fan. I'm an old school. I love the fucking the very first album, Kill 'Em All, all the way up. But the Black Album is good. I mean, it's fucking good. And I'm not just talking about the shit that's on the radio. There's stuff that's on there that never got played on the radio. Yeah, side two is much better. Yeah, the better stuff never gets played on the radio. Right. That's how it goes. I don't hate Sandman. Uh, I'm one of those guys that I like Unforgiven. Uh, I stomached Unforgiven too, but we don't need three and four of these motherfuckers, dude. (laughs) Dude, we didn't need to. I mean, it's not bad, but we didn't need to. I mean, Unforgiven, the first one was perfect especially the solo and i know you know what video i'm talking about with your half of the life yes i mean shit that's fuck i'm god damn <clears throat> that's just fucking rock and roll yeah but that's the thing is metallica stopped being a uh, metal band i mean they there was an interview in there i remember seeing it where dudes like don't call us metal when the load albums came out 
And uh, yeah, I'm well versed in that uh, VHS. By the way, I got the DVD now. The year and a half of the life. I'm 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 so fucking jealous right now. I've still got it on VHS, and I don't have a working VCR, so I'm fucking so jealous. Fuck, who the hell does anymore? I well, I've got one. It just works once in a while. But I have to look that shit up on YouTube and deal with fucking ads every five fucking seconds. I, I feel that. I stopped paying for YouTube. And here lately, I've been watching a lot of YouTube, and I'm like, oh, why the fuck did I stop paying for YouTube? Because <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. I can't watch a 15-minute React video without five ads in it. Exactly. Because every five seconds, you have to watch a 30-second commercial and get lucky enough to skip through the shit. Yeah. Oh. Okay. No, Lucky get- Turner, I think it's I think it's a banger of a song. Um, I'm looking forward to the album. The thing I hate is is as soon as it came out, a lot of my Facebook friends are like, oh, you tried Dave talking about Megadeth. They're like acting like this is already better than fucking the sick, the dying, and the dead. And I'm like, yeah. if you compare the riff to We'll Be Back, which was the debut track off of that album, to the riff in Lux Eterna, We'll Be Back from a technical standpoint, I guess, is a much better fucking riff. Now, I'm a Megatard. I'm not a Metallatard. I'm a Megatard. You're going to have to sell me on Megadeth being better than Metallica. I, I, I've i been there with you. I, I No. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, definitely. Megadeth blows them the fuck away. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Megadeth blows Metallica away? Oh, fuck yes. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Fuck. All right, then we're on the same yeah. page. I mean, let's let's be honest, though. They've had They've had some good lineups. They've had some great guitar players. I mean, first of all, Dave Mustaine is a fucking beast on the guitar. He's he's so underrated, so grossly underrated as a guitarist. Which is ridiculous Just because in the thrash metal world, he's probably the greatest thrashed thrash metal guitar player that's not Alex Skolnick, I think is how my uh, co-host says it. I, I'll agree with that 100%. Yeah. And, I mean, like, they've had some awesome, awesome good guitar players play with them since you know what lineup I'm talking about, but... The countdown for extinction that that lineup the uh, before that I, the Marty Friedman Nick Menza yeah from Rust and Peace up to Cryptic Writings I, I, I not remember the bass player's name David Ellison that, oh my god I, I feel so fucking stupid right now for not because you are well yeah because I just did a shot I, I'm trying to roll a cigarette I'm smoking <laughs> weed anyway. That lineup with Ellison and Menza and Friedman and Mustaine was by far the greatest lineup. And well, what was it? They about? put out the greatest thrash album of all time, Rest in Peace. Oh fuck yes. Oh yeah. fuck yes. Yeah, fuck yes. And what was what was the guitar player's name? Was it um I'm probably gonna fuck this up. Chris Helmsworth, was that his name? No, that's Thor. <laughs> <laughs> You talking about Chris Poland? That's the one. He's he's a fucking beast. Oh yeah. He's insanely good. But you get that that Rust in Peace and Countdown to Extinction lineup. That's that's Megadeth. That's just unfucking touchable. I wish to God that Nick Menza was still alive so they got to do a reunion of some sort. That would have been amazing. That would have made him so amazing. I don't know if they'd do it because. Rumor has it Dave's kind of a dick. <laughs> Rumor has it. <laughs> well established. I love. I fucking love the guy, but he's the Axl Rose of thrash metal. Okay, 
He's an asshole. It's simple as that. Well, we don't have to be insulting Dave Mustaine like this, okay? Axel was a prima donna bitch. Okay, listen. We're this is a whole nother podcast. You know that you're pushing buttons and pulling strings right now. Oh yeah. And we're not we're we're not gonna do this. Oh, we're gonna do that. I just watched that video from when that guy was in the crowd taking pictures. And he's yelling at the security to take it. Oh, yeah, he's a badass. He gets back up on stage and says, Well, since security's not going to do their job, I'm going home. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Plus, let's not forget the great riot of 92. I'm not fucking doing this. Because right now, you just know that you are pulling strings. Please leave all this in. Do not edit this. But right now, this is Bushy fucking with me, pulling strings and pushing buttons because he knows how to get at me. Right. Oh, motherfucker. Even though, mother- even though I'm oh, a Guns N' Roses fan. Oh, motherfucker. No, you're not. No, you're not. <coughs> nope. I was, uh, I think it's my buddy over at Freeform Rock Podcast. He's always trying to say LA Guns is better than Guns N' Roses. And I'm like, who? Fucking Guns N' Roses is still selling out fucking stadiums. Not arenas. Stadiums. LA Guns is yes. doing what? They're still playing clubs. Shut the fuck I mean, up. <laughs> I 100% agree with you there. Number one. Number two, I will say that LA Guns, especially now, I, I say especially now, they sound fucking fantastic. Sure. They, they're still putting out music, but I couldn't tell you anything they've put out since Psychotic Vampire or whatever that album was called. Oh, 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 I know. I can't think of the, that. You're not right. That's not the right name, but I, I know. It's, it had Kiss My Love Goodbye, that album. Yeah, it was the last album. good one. I, I, I kind of lost track of them after that. But then again, if you remember, there was a lot of the bands I listened to in the 90s I just quit listening to because I hated Nirvana so much. Well, yep. It's funny. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you get on Facebook and you get the Facebook memories. And apparently a year ago, I think you actually responded to this, but I I posted the picture. But there was a headline from, I can't remember what music site, and it said that Dave Grohl says there's one thing missing from a possible Nirvana reunion. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah, I'm laughing way too hard at this because... I don't even need to finish the joke. Everybody knows what the one thing missing from a possible Nirvana reunion is. The motherfucker blew his head off. Right. (laughs) You know what's funny is uh, as much as I hate Nirvana, and I have softened on them over the years too, I have come to realize they do have some good songs. Yes, they do. But uh, Foo Fighters, dude, they're fucking great. (laughs) I'm one of the biggest Foo Fighter fans that you will ever meet. Like, I did not jump on board... Until, I mean, I had their very first album, and I thought it was good. Obviously, that's why I have it. And then I kind of got, like, eh, for a couple albums. But then, oh, right now, I, I seriously, I can't get enough of that band. I actually, there is very few celebrity deaths, especially, or even musician deaths, that I've cried about, okay? Dimebag Daryl cried cried about when I found out about him dying. Vinny Abbott I, I cried when I found out he died. And Taylor Hawkins, I bawled my eyes out because there's so many videos. Like, okay, let me back up. Dave Grohl 
is like on on my list of the coolest motherfuckers I ever want to meet. I know, like, and a lot of people act like he's a poser. It's like, no, I think the dude really loves metal. I think he just I likes think, a lot of different music. Yeah, I think he's cool as fuck. I mean, I don't even mean on a musical level. I mean, just like interviews and stuff that you watch with these people, you can kind of get like a... a hey, he I was in the, the third movie. Bill and Ted movie. He's a fucking winner with me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying... What you can get from their personality from interviews, not even talking about music or tastes or anything like that. Dave Grohl, Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar is another one I'd love to party with. But, uh, <clears throat> no, you watch. There's, You're a musician. You've been a musician. Whether you say you're not now or whatever, I don't care. You, you are a musician. And you know that connection that you get between bandmates. Right. And so bandmates. So, obviously, I'm still talking to a dickhead now, ain't I? Exactly. <laughs> just have that certain connection. And there's so many like live videos. That's the big tell, too, is live videos. And you watch the connection that Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins had. And it's just, it's fucking amazing. It's what you always look for as a musician, as a person. You, They, they were best friends. And knowing, like, kind of trying to sympathize with what Dave went through when, when Taylor died... And all the shit he fought for to keep Taylor alive because, I mean, yes, we now know it was drugs. And, and that's so why somebody like that would feel that they need to do that kind of stuff just sucks. Right. I, I don't want to get that kind of conversation, but just certain things. And then watching that first uh, Taylor Hawkins Memorial concert, the one from Wembley Stadium in, in England. I don't know if you saw it Is or not. Is that the one where his son got on stage? He got up on stage in both of them. Oh, okay. But in the first one... In the first one, when they were doing the uh, My Hero, there goes My Hero. Yeah. favorites by the way okay we're just gonna keep talking um <laughs> when dave's playing that song and he has to stop because he starts crying yeah because he's thinking of taylor that that it, I, I it's hard for me and I, I don't even know them right i'm just a fan but it's hard for me to talk about it even because it brings tears to my eyes because i know that feeling i know that fucking feeling and that the world does not know what kind of musician they lost when they lost Taylor Hawkins and, and so many others too. I mean, I would not Jim, disagree with you. I would not Jim disagree Hunter, with you. Another one, the Rev, 
the world has no idea what they lost when they lost the ref. That's just it's it's. Yeah, yeah. I catch a lot of hell for my Avenged Sevenfold love because a lot of guys my age and older, they really shit on that band a lot. And I'm like, this is one of the greatest metal bands out there simply because from album to album to album to album, it fucking changes. You never hear the same goddamn thing. I'm looking forward to this next album. They were over in the Czech Republic recording with a fucking orchestra. I'm intrigued. Yeah, okay. No, I, I know. I was just about to say that, too. I can't wait to hear it, too. I'm, I'm a huge Avenged uh, fan. I know there's albums in the catalog that I'm not a big fan of, but that band, that band is insane. And anybody who says that that band's not good or not metal or whatever, here's what you do. Number one, ask them if they play music. If they say no, they don't. I mean, play like guitar, bass, drums, sing, something. If they don't, then number one, they can step out of the conversation. Okay. Right. Number two, you know damn well that in a studio it's easy to fix things. You make mistakes, you get a hundred retakes, but live is a whole nother animal. Yeah. Live, you have to be on it. You have to be on well, I don't know. If if you ask Paul Stanley, you're live, even though we're lip syncing on stage these days. Um, no, no, no. We're, not, we're, not, we're not bringing that band up. We're not bringing that band up. Because what I was trying to make the point of. Anybody who has anything negative to say about Avenged Sevenfold, if they play music, I mean, I mean, this person, if they have something negative to say and they're supposedly a musician, you tell them to go watch live in the LBC. Oh, yeah. Because, because that's just, there's no, there's no studio overdubs or nothing. That band is fucking on it. They are so fucking good. So fucking good. Sinister Gates don't even get me started on how good of a guitar player he is. Yeah, and I think it's because it came out with, you know, they were that emo, screamo band. And I can understand not liking that style of music. Yes. But it's the whole, you know, oh, they suck. Slow down, sugar tits. City of Evil uh, was, what, the third album? Yeah. Okay. I just know that I was working at a farm. Overnight, my shift started at 3 p.m. and I worked until 2 a.m. And one night after the boss went to bed, every night I would set a gravity bong up in the milking parlor while I'm milking cows so I can get fucking high as fuck because I'm smelling like cow shit and milking cows. And I turned the radio on and I heard backcountry at like midnight.
holy fuck, that changed everything. I didn't hear anything from them before. And I became like the biggest fan. And then I got to go see them. Fuck, I don't, it's 2010. 2010, I went with uh, three friends, my ex-brother-in-law, my friend Jeff uh, Spear. I don't know if you know him. And my, my friend Shane Allen that I think you know, they they are in the band Lost for Hate. Mm-hmm. But we went to um, one of the rock star festivals at the SPAC Center. <laughs> and we saw, hell yeah, fucking hell yeah. I like them. Fucking um, Hailstorm. Love them. Um, Airborne. Like that. And Stone Sour. Like that. Disturbed. Uh, hit or miss. Yeah. And Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, and I love Avenged. I've got all their shit. Now, the tour that I'm talking about is the tour right after the Rev died. So oh, the Mike Nightmare Tour. Playing drums. Portnoy was playing drums. And it was right after, um... What's the album with Nightmare? Nightmare. Welcome to the Family. Is that what it's called? It's called Nightmare? The name of the album's Nightmare, yeah. Somebody fact check Bushy, because I don't think he's... (laughs) Fact check? What are you, fucking Twitter? (laughs) But anyway, that's, that's when I saw them. It was actually the order that I saw them. It went, hell yeah, hailstorm. Stone Sour. Yes, I just pulled it up. It's Nightmare. (laughs) It's okay. You can be wrong sometimes. Hell yeah, it was fucking amazing. Okay. Like, they started... uh, The PA was playing um, um, For Those About to Rock by ACDC. Right. And right when it's about to kick in, the band comes out and fucking they take over and start playing it. Nice. Holy fuck. I mean, I I got to, luckily, luckily I got to see Pantera in uh, early 98. So I got to see the real Pantera, which is another subject we're about to bring up. Um, <clears throat> But hell yeah, I have to say, I was never a huge Mudvayne fan. I liked Mudvayne, but I was never a huge fan of theirs. But together as hell yeah, you introduced me to that band. You, you introduced me to that band with the song, hell yeah. Right. And, Oh my fucking god! I, I fucking fell in love. Fell in love. Now Hailstorm, they were sick. I actually got to meet Lizzie Hale that night. Sweet. She's not as hot as everybody thinks she is, but they were awesome. Their drummer, her brother, <laughs> she's got fucked up teeth, dude. Like she's from Britain. No offense to anybody from fucking England. They got friends there, and they know their teeth are fucked up, but. Anyway, she's just not, and especially with the short hair, she just, no, no. Yeah, I didn't like the short that, hair. Push that. I, she's and, got the most powerful <laughs> voice in rock and roll right yes. now. Yes, I'm sorry for any insulting things that I'm saying. I am drunk. I think the world of Lizzie Hale, I think she's an amazing musician. I love her fucking line of signature guitars. I mean, they're fucking fantastic. They really are. And I'm not a guitar player, and I hate guitar players. I mean, you know. That are better than me, which is all of them. But anyway, um, anyway, I wish he was a bass player. That'd be better. Like Sean Yassault. Like if Sean Yassault had fucking signature series basses. Oh fuck. Anyway, um, I had I had only heard a few Stone Sour songs, like maybe two of them. I think that whole uh, "Looking at You Through the Glass" that song, and one other one. 
before I saw them live. And this was right before Audio Secrecy came out. And uh, we have to pause for the shot. They fucking blew me away. Corey Taylor is just, I mean, everybody in that band, number one, is fucking amazing. Oh. But Corey Taylor, Corey Taylor, I, I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say about Corey Taylor because, you know what? Do it better. Simple as that. You're going to talk shit about Corey, pick up a microphone, and do it better. I like Corey because, first of all, I think he's a hell of a musician. Uh, second of all, the dude's got a great sense of humor. Yes. I mean, he's got a great sense of humor. I mean, I love watching the videos from his whole book tour where he was doing the acoustic set. Yeah. And he's singing nothing but classic 80s hair metal jams. Fucking Spongebob theme song, for fuck's sake. Well, I think that's the stupidest one, but... No, well, I agree, but I mean, I'm just Come saying. on, when he's doing Every Rose Has a Thorn by Poison, and he mouths the whole guitar solo, that's just fucking hilarious. No shit. <laughs> Have you ever seen... He has another band, well, had, I don't think he does it anymore. I think it's called um, the Beer Junk Kidnap Band. No, I've never heard of it. All they did, they were, it's fully electric. And all they did was covers and pretty much all 80s covers. And the drummer is actually from Watertown. Nice. In fact, the drummer, the drummer, not only is he from Watertown, the drummer was, um, I think his name is Steve Gorman. Steve Gorman was the drummer for the Black Crows. Yeah, you're looking at me. But anyway, the drummer from the Black Crows. His nephew is this kid that lived up here in Watertown and played with Corey Taylor, lived with him for a while and everything. Nice. Uh, but all they did was 80s covers, like, from hair bands and everything, and they were so fucking good. So fucking good. You would love it. Look it up. It's definitely worth the Well, listen. to cover hair band music, you've got to be good. Because what people forget is that was the era of the shredder. It was a much different style of guitar playing then. No shit. You know, no. that was your Warren Martinis, your George Lynch's, <laughs> you know, things yeah. like that. Oh, shit. I mean, you got to be on it to play that shit. But, uh, all right, so listen, I got I to gotta jump on to the next subject with you because I've been dying to talk to you about this one, too. I'm saving the best for last, and this is not last. Okay, good. I'm like, this will be the shortest episode ever. Pantera. Uh-huh. Pantera. Uh-huh. Let's talk about this. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the lineup, but I refuse to call it Pantera, and I refuse to call it a reunion. <laughs> How the fuck is it a reunion? I mean, you got, trust me, okay, well, you had four of the greatest musicians in heavy metal up there. Now Rex is out with COVID, so Rex is going to miss the rest of the fucking tour. But well, the rest still, of this year. You got Charlie Bonatti, you got Zach, you got Phil, and Phil sounds fucking great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I've watched the videos. They sound fucking amazing. But it's a tribute. It ain't Pantera. It can never be Pantera again. It can't. It can't. I don't know. Uh, here's the problem with that. There, there comes a time... That people have to understand, and I, th I think me and Metal Mike have spoke on this, but there comes a time when people have to realize bands don't stick together anyway. 
You know, they, they split up, you know, members come in and out. I mean, let's be real. The Guns N' Roses you listen to today is not Guns N' Roses. It's a tribute band. No, no, it's not a tribute band. They have changed members. Yes, they have changed members. But original, there are still three original members in there. And let's be honest, this may be another whole discussion for another whole fucking podcast. But Richard Fortas is the best addition to that band ever in the history of that band. Huge Izzy Stradlin fan, but no, Richard Fortas blows him away. And I will also, oh, this might open up a can of worms. The lineup that recorded Chinese Democracy, well, not recorded it, but the one, the lineup that toured for it. Uh-huh. DJ Ashba and Bumblefoot and, and Richard Fortas and T- Tommy Stinson on bass and Frank Ferrer on drums and, of course, Dizzy fucking Reed. That's the greatest lineup of Guns N' Roses there's ever been. That's trivia, man. I'll say it right now. It's the Axl Rose Fortis. Project. Fuck you. <laughs> what? What is the difference? <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. What the fuck? You you play that card on me right now? Okay, yes, I'm a hypocrite. Yes, I'm a fucking hypocrite. But here's the thing. Let's be honest. The thing that makes Guns N' Roses is Axl Rose. I love Slash. I'm a huge Slash fan. Duff McKagan's one of the reasons I play bass guitar. But Axl's voice, how good it is now or not, that's not what we're talking about. So fuck you, don't pull that card. (laughs) Axl Rose is Guns N' Roses. He is. It's as simple as that. That's, That's what people look for. Yes, they may look for a dude in a top hat. Well, DJ Ashba wore a fucking top hat. So, I mean, the thing is, let's be honest. It's like Ashba, <laughs> DJ Ashba is what happens when you order Slash from Wish. <laughs> Only the problem is he's twice as better. Like, again, I'm going to reinstate this for any fan, anybody that listens to your show. I am a huge Slash fan. Bushy knows me. I'm like the biggest Guns N' Roses fan there is. I love Slash, but let's be honest, as far as being a musician goes, okay, when playing live, Slash is sloppy as fuck. That's why I like him. Even, even they, when Same reason so- I like Ace Fraley. No, no, don't. Stop bringing that band up. <laughs> he's, just, he's not with the band. Well, stop bringing them up, okay? Just stop. I like that sloppy <laughs> player. I do too, to a point. But when you're fucking up shit that you shouldn't be fucking up because you've been playing it for fucking thirty years, I mean, come on, Joe Perry. Joe Perry's sloppy as fuck, but he doesn't fuck up the shit that he's been playing for fucking. I don't know how long they've been together. Sixty years. He doesn't fuck that shit up. That's because he's got Johnny Depp backing him up. Richards, even Keith Keith Richards, who's been with the Rolling Stones for a hundred and twenty-eight years, doesn't fuck up the solos that he plays. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have no issues with Pantera reunion. Um, I understand the people that get all pissed off about it. But here's the thing. There's a generation of fans that never saw Pantera but have grown up listening to it. They wouldn't even know who the fuck Dimebag is if he was walking around today and you know standing right in front of them. That's sad. Because and if anybody have... could bring justice to those parts, it's oh, Zach Wild. Me, yeah. I want to see it. It's not coming anywhere near here. Um, of course, of course. But, dude, 
Only agree. I've never been able to hear those songs live, so you're lucky in that respect. You you were able to see the Pantera. I wasn't able to see the Pantera. Hundred and one proof live tour. Nice. Fuck greatest show I've ever seen in my fucking life. The stage sign behind him that said when uh Pantera Hundred and One Proof Live blew up in flames right before Cowboys from Hell. It was fucking amazing. That's where they first started putting uh Domination and Hollow together. Yeah. And you know, like cut that the Dom Hollow. Yeah. But but there's just certain bands, okay? <clears throat> I guess my point with bringing up the Guns N' Roses thing and arguing with you about that, there's certain bands that you just can't replace members and go out and call yourself. Like, okay, Motley Crue with John Karabi. Okay? You and I both agree, and do not lie to me, you and I both agree that they should have changed the name and should not have called it Motley Crue when they, they did that album. They probably should have. And you know damn well that's the best lineup. Well, I think it's the best Motley Crue album that's not called Shout at the Devil. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. That was I mean, one that... of those where the fans were dicks. I mean, Karabi coming in had a different vocal style, and he added a different, you know, a, an extra layer of guitar. It, it gave him a kick in the ass. They, they went kind of the modern sound, a little more... Ugh, I hate to even use this word. It makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. The grungier sound is a little dirtier, a little heavier. And uh, Motley Crue fans, man, they're fickle bitches. And I love Motley Crue, dude. But uh, that album, the 94 album, is one of my favorite Motley Crue albums. But I'm also one of those guys, I like something off of every album anyway. All, oh, all, yeah. all of them. Well, not maybe not all of them. I mean... I even okay. like New Tattoo, and I didn't even have Tommy Lee on I, it, for Christ's sake. I was just going to bring that album up, but actually I like a couple songs off of that, so I can't say. Okay. And Generation Flying. It's got a I couple like a good couple. songs, and we, we could get rid of Brandon. I don't know what the hell the band was thinking when and they let Tommy do that. Yeah, here's something we can disagree on. This is why I love bringing this up and why I love talking music with you. Because Shout at the Devil 97 was better than the original. Oh, that's the stupidest. Where's the fucking stop this shit button? Oh, my God. They fucked How? that whole riff off. Of it. No. No. What? No. Oh, my God. Oh, fucking pretentious. Back then. Pretend? What? The, the band. Pretentious fucking wannabes. We're back and we're going to do this great classic song that didn't need to be touched anyway and we're going to fuck it up give it a grungy type fucking something fuck you made it here ah uh, fuck that uh, oh no this way. is why I'm fucking talking music with you because no you're way. so 20 years ago I would have agreed with you but 20 years ago you couldn't have told me the Unmasked wasn't a shitty kiss album it is that's what I'm saying I know that now 20 years ago you couldn't have told me that <laughs> so why can't you learn the elder is too? Anyway, anyway, oh, I still love the elder. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like that more. <laughs> the older I get, the more I like that album. <laughs> Getting off the rails. My whole point of bringing up the Pantera thing was them calling it a reunion. I mean, okay, so Phil and Rex are back together. Yeah, playing those songs. Okay. Dime tried, and then after Dime got shot, Vinny wanted nothing to do with Phil, and then Vinny died. 
So how the fuck is this a reunion? This is nothing they wanted. Well, Dime wanted it, but Phil wouldn't do it. Because he wanted to go play in shitty bands like Super Joint Ritual and fucking whatever the other fucking shit band that he had no success with. Yeah, well, only, you know, heroin sucks. <laughs> the Yeah. The only reason Phil and Salmo is doing this right now is for money. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Well, sure. Zach, Maybe it's a cash grab. Zach don't need the money. Rex don't need the money. Charlie don't need the money. Phil did this because Phil needs the money. And I can't believe that what's-her-face, I can't think of her name, but uh, uh, Dime's girlfriend, I can't believe she's she's okay with this. I I, I, I don't care if they play a fucking 20-minute tribute to Vincent Dimebag every night. Fuck that. Fuck I think that. that was Phil coming in on, bend, on bent knee and uh, apologize because frankly he he was an asshole. He he he's admitted it, you know. He's he was a junkie. Coming in on a bent knee apologizing for being an asshole and begging because he needed money. That's what it was cuz this is a total cash grab. Okay, I don't you know. Can, he was just in town just in Asheville a couple years ago with some band. Yeah, in small clubs. No, that was an arena show. Cuz Slayer was there. Slayer oh. don't do clubs. We're not. Anyway, <laughs> me personally, I don't have a problem with. It. I don't care what they call it. You know, it's like the the Van Halen thing. They at least have said if it was ever done, it would be called a tribute to Eddie. Um. Yes, and this should be a tribute to the Abbots. Now, Wolfie said that he would never play fucking Panama, and then he was on stage playing fucking Panama, and guess what he did. Showed that Eddie was teaching little Wolfie some fucking tricks, so it can be done. Listen, the problem Wolf- is David Lee Roth's voice is so fucking shot. Fuck David Lee Roth. I have nothing good to say about David Lee Roth. Even the fucking old albums, he was subpar at best. Okay, Sammy was the whoa, better singer. Whoa, whoa, Sammy, whoa! Nope, nope, no, yep. Go ahead, piss off, listeners, your friends, whatever. Sammy fucking blows away Dave. Dave subpar at best and and yep here comes this can of worms crack open the gary sharon album's good oh Boom. that's that's just retarded let's go, let's go. <laughs> that's just retarded loves off horrible let's fucking go. album i like music from the elder yeah i do glad to hear you Not- do too <laughs> no i don't like <laughs> that album like there are kiss albums that i love you know that I was with you the day Psycho Circus came out. We went to the record store and bought it together. With the 3D video. Yes, and I still got it. I still got it. Nice. It's not here right now, but I still have it. And the 3D glasses. Nice. But, but. Great Kiss Gary album is not Kiss. Music from the other sucks. Simple as that.
You're, you're not in a minority there. You know, I'm th- I think oh, I'm the one. I think I'm in the minority there. I love that album so much. Look, I'll give you. I'll give you one. Here's a freebie, okay? And I know you're actually gonna agree with me, but then we can be in the minority together. How's that? We'll team up, okay? Chinese Democracy is one of the greatest Guns N' Roses albums ever released. That's pretty good. It's, it really fucking is. It really fucking it's, is. It's a good album. The problem with Guns N' Roses in, in that regard is they, they just took too fucking long. And, uh... It's better than Lies. Lies? That, that is a fucking lie. No, it's better than Lies. No, Come I would on. put those four songs up against the entire Chinese democracy. One in a million alone. You know, you know what? Those four songs up against one song. Better. It's a good song. Beats all four of them. I'd still take one in a million over that one. No. No. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Chinese democracy itself. <clears throat> oh, my. Sorry. There it, you go. It, dude, it's a good album. This I Love, I think, is one of uh, Axel's best ballads. Oh, by far. You by know, far. But uh, that, that whole album is fantastic. Nobody will be ever ever be able to tell me any otherwise. I will never listen to anybody about that. Nope. Nope. And, and that's fine because it's all subjective anyway. Uh, for me, I, I really do. I like Chinese Democracy a lot. You know, I really do. I still listen to Illusion 1 and 2 more and Appetite even more than those two. Yeah, well, no. I, okay, off of Appetite, you know what's funny? The one song that I... I I don't care how much the radio plays it or anything like that. I I can't get enough of it. Maybe it's because I'm a bass player and I love playing along with it. Oh, please tell me it's Rocket Queen. Okay, so two songs. Yes, Rocket, <laughs> Rocket Queen was the one I was going to say, but the other one was Sweet Child of Mine. Like, I, I just, I, I seriously can't get enough of that song. The bass line in that song is just, uh, is fucking bass perfection. And, it's so groovy and just so good. Now, lies, honestly. See, I told you guys, bass players are funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you just brought up so many cans of worms. I'm just trying to like get into all of them. I mean, lies, lies is good. It's okay. I mean, it was an EP. It was a four-song EP to hold you over until 
Axel got over his overbloated two albums he had to do. No, it's not that because you're not going to sit there and blame Axel because there were so many other things going on. It, no, I, I, no. Anyway, the thing that <laughs> fuck you. One of the best parts about lies is what people don't realize in the live songs. They're actually dubbed in the crowd from ZZ Top's live Texas 77 album. That's the crowd cheering. The live songs was fucking live like a suicide, the EP they had released before they even became a big band. Yes, and, those, and they have admitted, even Axel has admitted, they weren't actually live. They were studio recorded. I'm and okay li- with that. The live crowd that you're hearing is from ZZ Top's 77 live album and Aerosmith's uh, live, what did they call it? I don't remember what they called it. Yes, yes, live bootleg. They stole the crowd noises from those two albums and dubbed them in. I'm sorry, I'm trying to pour a shot. They dubbed them into their fucking recordings. I mean, my favorite live albums aren't live anyway. I mean, come on, Kiss Alive? I was all reworked in the fucking studio. It's the greatest live album of all time. <laughs> that far. I wouldn't go that far. Although, I will say this. I will say this. You know my band Underworld, right? Yeah. Which, yes, I know it doesn't seem like it, but we actually are still a band. <laughs> and for the past, fuck, I don't know how long it's been now, we've actually been trying to practice the whole Alive and Alive 2 album, like verbatim the way that Kiss did them, and we we're going to go out and do those. <laughs> nice. No Judas Priest, no Black Sabbath, no... No Motorhead, which I got to plug the shirt that I'm wearing. Look at this fucking badass shirt. Nice. Nice. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we just want to go out and play, like, at least at least the Alive 1 album. Yeah, I'd like to see whoever that drummer is pull off those fucking Peter Chris drum solos. Oh, dude, you, you've you seen us play. Yeah, but that's, that's on another level. That's that's Pete at his best. Oh, no, no, I'll tell you right now, Rob Hart's played drums, like... Even learned how to play drums off of that shit, okay? Nice. Rob can play that shit verbatim. Like, when you're listening to the album, he can sit there and play along with it and do the drum solos and not miss a beat, a hit, nothing. He's right there. Yeah, sneakers could do that listening to fucking albums, too. (laughs) You You know... I, I'm going to pinpoint. But I played with that guy. He can't do that shit when he's playing without a damn soundtrack. <laughs> please do not edit this part out of the show because I'm going to pin, pinpoint that part of the show. <laughs> Rob, and then I'm going to give that guy Rob will never like me ever again. He's gonna be like, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> he better explain my sense of humor to him. I can't believe you just said that. Sneakers. Do you know why he's called sneakers? I don't remember. I know he, he got stuck down in the caves of Watertown. No, no, no. He's called sneakers because people said if you throw a pair of sneakers in the dryer and turn it on, you know, the that's what he sounds like playing drums. Yeah. Yeah, I was involved in a project with him for a little bit. That, that didn't work with him. Me too. Me too. Lived next door to him in fucking studio apartments too. Ugh. Yep. That, nope. had to, that had to be fun. 
the only good thing about it was I could turn my music up and play my bass as loud as I fucking wanted to because he would sit there and try to play his drums next to my music. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it had to sound like a monkey fucking a ping pong ball. Jesus Christ, dude, he's... You know, I'll, I'll give him this. I'll give him this. This is the nicest thing I'll say about that guy. Number one, okay, this isn't nice. He's a douchebag. Number two, this isn't nice. I think he might be a predator. Anyway, number three, I'll say this. This is the nice thing. He never got a fair shake as being a good drummer because he's left-handed. And that's so rare. Right. So when you would come out to like jam nights and shows and try to sit in, everything's set up for a righty because 99.9% of all drummers are righty. And he would have to try to play off of that. So yeah. he never got a shake. He wasn't, as all, all the jokes I've made and everything, he actually isn't that bad. No, he's not that bad. It's just, especially on his own kit. I'm just saying, I've seen the dude play to a CD. And it's like, holy fuck, man, that's it. But then. And then you try to play with him live and it's once like. Once you remove the CD. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But. That's something. That's something he needs to figure out in his head. I mean, like how to how to do it differently because when you can play along with the CD as well as he does, then you, you're actually good. You just have to figure out how to do it live. Yeah, I mean, you gotta learn how to keep time without somebody else doing it for you. Yes, yes. I'll tell you what. That's your job as a drummer. <laughs> Touche. Literally, everybody else could be doing whatever they want, but if that drum's not keeping time, you're fucked. Nope, nope. nope. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. Oh, that's another music thing I was going to bring up. Um, you asked me last time we did one of these podcasts if I was doing anything musically, and I said no. I actually just got a phone call today. Starting next month, I am going to be playing out again, doing jam nights with three of the greatest musicians there are. <clears throat> I mean, seriously. I mean, okay. Alex Slurry, do you know who he is? Yep. Okay. He's singing for us. Nice. I know you know this name. On guitars, we've got Bryant Pignone. Yep. Like Effect Mud. I play their music a lot on my radio show. Fucking right. He's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying that just to clarify. I'm saying that because... I love him to death, and he and I are close friends. And I have to say that because on Thanksgiving, I sent him a message that said, Happy Thanksgiving, and he sends me a message back that says, Stop being a bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I have to say that. Fuck Brian Pignone. And, and I have to say this. Brian Pignone saw me. I, over the pandemic when we were on lockdown, I got fat. I got really fat. Like, you know how I used to be skinny, like 160 pounds? Yeah, yeah. I I was just under 300 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> fat. And, bless you. And I went out to... Did you uh, hear that? I tried muting the mic. You muted it, but I could see your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ah! Anyway. Anyway. After the pandemic was lifted and we could go out and do things, there was an acoustic jam night with just him and Alex. And I went out to the jam night. Somebody else was playing. I walked up next to Brian, just stood next to him. 
he never looked at me once. He just like, like say this is, he just stood there. He was talking to somebody, talking to somebody. Then all of a sudden, without even looking at me, he goes, my God, you've gotten fat. (laughs) (laughs) And now, and now I've lost well over 150 pounds and he's gained like 60, 70 pounds. So he's fatter than me. Well, he's married now, right? Yeah, to a really hot bitch. Yeah, wives wives will do that to you. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I'm drunk, and now I'm going to say stories. Like one night we were at Full Circle, which is an awesome, amazing bar here in Watertown, and um, she uh, was laying on the bar letting guys stuff dollar bills down her pants. Nice. Right? But Brian wants to kill her anyway. Wait, no, okay, I've got to stop talking. Okay, <laughs> we need to. So anyway, the drummer, the drummer, is somebody that you have not met. Um, his name is Johnny Motherfucking Walker. Yes, that's that's his name. If you look on his birth certificate, it says Johnny Motherfucking Walker. That's funny. That is, that's it. No, it doesn't really. But that's. I, well, that's I, didn't, I didn't assume so, but. But his name is Johnny Walker, which is just funny because he only drinks beer. Right. Which is even funnier. But he is one of the best drummers. Like, you know how solid John Gushlaw was? Like, you just he's just solid, like, there. Yeah. And then you got Rich, who's, like, flamboyant and can do all the extra fills and all that shit. Yeah, because John was just in the pocket. Right. Well, Johnny motherfucking Walker is the perfect blend between both of those guys. Nice. He's probably the most solid drummer I've ever played with in my life. I love Rich to death, and I hope Rich never hears this, but I prefer playing with Johnny Walker over Rich. I love Rich. Rich, if you do hear this, I'm so sorry, and I love you. He doesn't and listen. Good, because I love him. I love him. I love him. He's my brother. I've been playing drums, or I've been playing drums. I've been playing in a band with Rich for, fuck, how long now? Either way. 99? Yeah, yeah. But Johnny Walker is a um, funny story. For your listeners, I have to give a little background. I have a 10-year-old daughter, and she's the most perfect little girl. She does nothing wrong. And one day, we pulled up to a store down by my house, and I get out of the truck, and I see Johnny motherfucking Walker. And I ran up to him, and he gave me the biggest hug. And we sat there talking for a second. I grabbed what I needed to out of the store. I came back out to the truck, and my daughter says, who was that guy that you were hugging? I said, well, that guy's name is Johnny motherfucking Walker. She goes, who's Johnny motherfucking? And just opens her mouth because she realized she said a bad word. And I said, I said no, baby, it's okay. It's okay. That's his name, Johnny Motherfucking Walker. You say that. That's his fucking name. Good lord. The only time I've ever let her swear. All right. So we have another. Oh, wait. Hold on. Before I get on this topic, let me put my phone in the stand because I have to roll a cigarette because this is going to be a good topic. We have one more topic that I have been dying to fucking talk to you about. Oh, fucking hate rolling cigarettes. So, um,. I'll just say it. Two words. Molly Crew. Yeah, what about him? The fuck do you mean, what about him? 
Do you believe the shit that they've been spreading? Which shit have they been spreading? That Mick Mars had to retire because of his, uh, because of touring and stuff? I read that Mick retired from touring, not from the band. Um, no, he, And then he from the European leg of this tour, John 5 is taking over. John 5 is taking over, which I'm a huge John 5 fan. He's probably the greatest guitar player alive today since Eddie died. I don't care if anybody wants to try to dispute me on that. Um, if anybody who does want to dispute me on that, then pick up a guitar and do what he does. Oh, guy's uh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But do you believe the excuse that the band gave for him retiring? Uh, about his health? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah? Have you seen that fucking guy? <laughs> and he's been playing just fine. So let me try to bring up this picture so I can read the actual thing to you. I'm, I don't know how it's going to work with me being on the phone with you, but hold on. Let me, uh, you can hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on one second. Uh, John Karabi. Okay, we'll bring him back up. He said, <laughs> when we were doing the Generation Swine record, they were complaining about his guitar playing then. And if you look into all the records they've done since then, the majority of the guitars on the Swine, which is one of the reasons why I sued those guys, are mine. They were complaining about Mick the whole fucking time, and I don't know if he played on New Tattoo. I'm not sure. But I do know that on Red, White, and Crew, it was DJ Ashba, and on Saints of Los Angeles, it was DJ Ashba. And, and on The Dirt, it was John 5. I'm reading this now, too. I, I hadn't heard all that. Um, and if they're finally fucking Mick over the whatever, there there are arguably better guitar players out there than Mick. Um, yes. Mick is probably my favorite member of Motley Crue. I, I think he was always underrated as a blues guitar player. He's a very bluesy guy. Uh, he he did have what they needed to get that band going. Um, yep. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Karabi would know. I didn't realize that he had anything to do with fucking uh, Generation Swine, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, oh no. They're, oh, God, dude. What's the fucking name of the song? Let Us Pray. Go back and listen to uh, the song Let Us Pray off of Generation Swine. You can hear Karabi's vocals playing his day, especially when it goes to the to the uh, to the chorus where they say "Let us play." He's like, "Let us pray," and he's fucking doing the Karabi scream. Vince okay. can't do that. No, you playing his day. You can he, you anybody that listens to the '94 album and listens to Karabi's voice knows goddamn well that on like certain tracks, like I said, "Let us pray." That's Karabi. It's not Vince. Vince does the main vocal lines, don't get me wrong, but they threw in Karabi's vocal lines with their, be, with him because they knew that Vince couldn't do what they actually wanted. I mean, goddamn, could you imagine if Generation Swine, if, if Vince wasn't a part of that? That album actually might have been good. It might have. There's still got a couple good tracks on it, but... <laughs> it does, but, but put those good tracks... With Karabi's voice instead. And I still, I'm telling you right now, they're shitty videos. They're not the best videos. I wish that crew would actually release the fucking 
actual recorded videos, but go back to that 94 tour and watch Karabi sing stuff like Dr. Feelgood and Livewire, Livewire, holy fuck, and Shout of the Devil. Oh my fuck. You'd never want to hear Vince and the band again, ever again. I don't know. That's another one of those bands, dude. It's like the guys of Van Halen, this DLR or bust, you know, six pack or nothing. Um, no, it's Sammy. It's I like Sam the six pack and I like half of the four pack. Fucking mighty DLR or bust. I like OU812 and I like um, From you know Awful Carnal Knowledge. Good? You, know when D you know when David Lee Roth was good? <laughs> when he was solo. I, I like his solo stuff too. When he was playing with Vi and fucking Billy Sheehan and whoever that fucking mullet heaven drummer was. Yeah, I had a chance to fucking interview that guy, but I didn't think I was going to make it to Nashville in time and I forgot there was a one hour time difference. Totally could have sat down. Craig Bissonette. The mullet having drummer? Yeah, Greg Bissonette. Could have interviewed him. The last rock and pot I went to. I was actually scheduled to interview that guy. He's got that mullet and he's he was gonna meet you in Nashville? At the Rock and Pot Expo. In Nashville. Yeah, that's why I go to Nashville every year. He was there, Billy Sheehan was there. Okay, okay. I'm making jokes. You're legitimizing it. My jokes are funny. Obviously not. Nobody's laughing. <laughs> You're going to interview a mullet drummer in Nashville. Oh, yeah. The, dude, the mullet's still huge in the South. That, that shit does crack me up. It's pretty fucking funny. He doesn't have a mullet anymore, by the way. <laughs> and back then, the mullet was popular. Here, I don't know what people's problem is. I think they're doing it ironically. <laughs> I mean, I might grow a mullet. <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm going for the skullet. That's your. God damn you! I was trying to make a joke about your hair, and you beat me to it. <laughs> make a joke. That's why I stopped shaving my head. I, I made a joke on Facebook about you know the mustache and the skullet, and a bunch of New York fucking friends because New Yorkers are goddamn assholes. You know, Pixar, it didn't happen. Well, I had the mustache for a while, and then I had to stop all that nonsense. But I haven't shaved my head. Yes, I'm so glad you stopped that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I had to go back to the beard. Uh, I don't Get like looking like I touch little boys. That bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, I didn't. <laughs> my co-host will say a porn stash. I'm like, porn stash? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Everybody had a mustache in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s. You look like you were trying to be either a cross between Tom Selleck or Hulk Hogan. <laughs> well, let me tell you this, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you beat me there again. No, the Molly Crew thing, I, I don't know. I haven't delved that big into it. I, uh, I just saw Karabi's statement, so I would have to let that fucking fester for a little while if what he's saying is true it may be shady because i did look for a statement from mick i didn't see anything um well, i did I, I saw a statement from mick and and i'll try to find it and send it to you i i wish i could i don't want to misquote it right now or anything like that but um i will just say this based on his statement and i like i said i will look for it and try to send it i to know you. he's working on his solo album 
he has been for a few years now. But based on his statement, as far as his departure from crew, it seems to line up more with what Karabi says than what he says. That's very interesting. I'm actually trying to go through his Twitter feed, but that stops in October. I, I know I, I literally just read something, and I can't remember what platform I read it on, but I will search for it and find it and try to send it to you. But it just I'm not saying that he's agreeing with Karabi. I'm just saying that it seemed like his statement sided more with what Karabi was saying than what the band was saying. Right. Because I heard that him and Karabi are working out a track or something for this album that's Supposedly, making out. Yeah, a lot of tracks for that album. Nice. Um, John Five, I mean, I'm a Motley Crue fan. And let's be <laughs> honest, Nikki Six is a dick. I mean, I yep. like the guy. I've always liked the guy. But he, but he's, he's a dick. Yep. I, I'm still not sure he died. <laughs> you know? And, I, and I'm still not sure that as he's sitting there shooting heroin, he's writing a book. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's kind of... Thank you. I think that's oh, kind of hokey. But I like 6 a.m. I like Motley Crue. Overdosing, let me write in my fucking journal. Yes. No, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, I appreciate him, and he's one of the reasons I play music. Seriously. He's, he's the reason I have a fucking goddamn Thunderbird bass guitar is because of him. So, yeah, but still <laughs> fuck him. And, and on top of that, He's very rock and roll. He's got a cool look. I mean, yes. is he a songwriting genius? Of course not. Oh, God. Nikki Six is one of the greatest songwriters. And as far as his look, he's he's the epitome of rock and roll. Can we pause this? I have to answer this phone call. Yeah, go ahead. I'll be right back. So this guy just said he's an amazing songwriter. I don't know that he's an amazing songwriter. He's written some good songs. You son of a bitch. <laughs> he is an amazing songwriter. I, I don't know. know if you could have fun with my daughter, and I don't care if you could. But look at the whole fucking 6 a.m. The first, the first, just the first 6 a.m. album. Yeah. That like album is fantastic. I like that album. That album's fantastic. Oh shit, where'd you go? I'm here. <laughs> there you are. My, my screen's fucking frozen. Yeah, it so is, because you, you switched off. Why can't I hear you? What the fuck is going on? Well, you can't hear me now? I can hear you, but you're so quiet. Something's wrong. I don't know. I don't know either. Get a computer like normal people. <laughs> I'm trying to fix this right now. Hold on. You, can you hear me at all? Yes. Okay. Yeah, You're you extremely you, you don't have to be able to see me to hear me. I know I don't have to be able to see you, but I can barely hear you. That's my problem. Anyways. And now you turned off your camera. <laughs> I didn't turn off my fucking camera. Jesus fucking Christ. I hate technology. 
Get with the program, sir. It, it fucking... <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Oh, uh, people, if you can see what I'm seeing, right. he keeps turning his camera on and I keep looking at his floor because he hasn't figured out how to turn it back to face him. It's on! There we go, but I can't fucking hear you. I'm not saying anything. You're, you're talking right now. <laughs> yeah, now I am. I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. That's what you did. You should have just ignored that fucking phone call. What? I said you should have ignored that phone call. (laughs) I said no, that was my daughter. I can't ignore that phone call. Oh, good call. Hey, John Five playing for the crew. Fuck, I bet that'll be badass. Oh, absolutely. I've seen... uh, because I, I follow him on Instagram, and he's been uh, showing his practice videos of him sitting in his house, learning those you know complex Motley Crue riffs, <laughs> playing along to the CDs, and I don't know, sounds good. It'll probably work. It's got to be better than fucking Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. I already have, I've heard him playing. You can look up uh, YouTube videos of him doing his medleys and stuff. When he starts ripping into uh, Motley Crue songs, he he's gonna. He, uh, I don't want to say it. He's better than Mick. Well, of course he's he better. is. It, it's so, okay, it's okay. You can say that. I'm curious though. Are are is Nikki going to be like you know Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons where? You're going to play it this fucking way and no elaborating. Or are they going to let the guy go off? Or does he have to wait until his little guitar solo portion? Yeah, that's that's what I want to hear, too. I want to hear his solos and stuff like that. Because personally, I I hate to say it, but I think Nicky's going to be just like you said. I really do. I really think Nicky's going to be just like you said. It's a strong possibility because at this point, Motley Crue, like Kiss, is not a band anymore. It's a brand. It's a business. Yep. You know, and uh, I don't know why they're touring anyway. They haven't released anything new. I mean, I did like that MGK song. I'm not going to lie. I like the dirt. (laughs) I I liked Like a Virgin. I can't believe I'm saying that. (laughs) I know. I know. I fucking agree. I don't want to like that version, but I like that fucking version of Like a Virgin. Fucking stupid. There's no... No godly reason anybody should like that fucking song. <laughs> no, no, that's like liking Hanson. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess we'll have to wait and see what the real deal is with the Mick Mars saying, or Mick Mars may just stay classy and say "fuck it." You release your statement. That's how it is. Well, I mean, apparently they're going to be making some studio recordings because according to all the stories from both sides is that Mick is going to be making studio recordings with them and that John Five is just playing live. That's what I'm saying. He's stepping away from touring. Um, That lends it to being true to me. You know, because the guy, I mean, fuck. Now, Now, I mean, doing a couple U.S. stadiums is one thing. But now packing it all in and going overseas for another run, that might be a little bit much for him. How old is he, like 4,722? 
23. Gotcha. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, and he's got that disease. I, I could never say it. I don't I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, it's ankylosis something or another. Yeah, something sosis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Listen, I got to wrap it up. I got to wrap it up. Edit this how you want. <laughs> Thank, thanks for permission, Dad. I get to edit my show the way I want to do. It's not like that. <laughs> See, I told Fuck you people, you. bass we players are fucking funny. Fuck. Fucking bass players. I tell you what, that's why that's why Michael Starr fucks with bass players right there, because they're fucking retarded, man. That <laughs> was awesome. Yeah, he's he's home concentrating on his family. Normally, when somebody's home concentrating on their family, that means re fucking rehab. No, he was going. He's a sex addict, just like me. <laughs> Bass players are awesome. I I I suppose. Yeah, mute your mic. Yeah, mute it, because you know, <laughs> bass players are awesome. But we're going through sex addict problems. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's wrap it up let's get out of here brother yes all right i can't wait to do this again with you um thank you so much for allowing me to do this with you oh i'm glad to have you on like i said we'll have to get you on with my co-host sometime um call your daughter ahead of time so we can't be having any interruptions and fuck ups during the show i would yes i will and i would love, i would love to be on with metal mike so that way i have somebody else to fucking argue with and shoot me down Oh yeah, he's brutal because he'll uh, he'll really hurt your feelings on Guns of Roses. <laughs> I love it. I'm looking forward to that day. I would love I would love so much to do another one of these with you. Okay. Oh yeah, anytime, anytime. Hey, uh, go ahead and give some final thoughts. We'll get out of here. Final thoughts are um, Pantera reunion should not be called a reunion. It's a tribute show. Um. And I'm going to be playing live again, and I'm excited about that. So, that's cool. Sweet, sweet. All right, guys, bye-bye, and we'll see you next time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. Seems like we've just begun when, when suddenly, suddenly we're, we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Because now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay Cause we'll see you very soon, I know Very soon, I know What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug. See you next week!